Well, we've been in a series called Doing His Will, you know, in December and then coming into the new year, Doing His Will. I'm going to continue on that this morning, Hebrews 13, verse 20. We've read this a number of times. It says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. In the NLT, it says, May He equip you with all you need for doing His will. May He produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to Him. All glory to Him forever and ever. Amen. It says, may He equip you with all you need for doing His will. You know, He will equip you with everything you need for doing His will in your life. Why wouldn't He do that? He is God, and if you're going to go to Him, submit yourself to Him, and want to do what He wants you to do, then He's going to equip you with everything you need to do that because He already knows what it is because it's His will. And so He's going to equip you to do what you need to do what He's asked you to do. He's never going to ask you to do something that He can't equip you to do. Now, you may not feel equipped to do it when He asks you. That's not what the Bible said. The Bible did not say, use what you have to do what God has called you to do, and that's all you need. You will use what you have, but you don't determine what God wants you to do based on what you have. You go to Him, ask Him what He wants you to do, and whether you think you have it or not, He will equip you. See, that's different. The world will say, well, what do you have? What are you good at? You know, do that. That's not the way the kingdom of God works. God may ask you to do something that you feel like, there's no way I can do that, or I'm not good at it. God will equip you. You know, there's a saying that uh, somebody said, God does not call the equipped, He equips the called. In other words, God's not looking at you and everybody going, well, how could I use them because they're so good at such and such? What He's looking at is your heart to submit to Him. He already knows what you need to do and He'll equip you to do that. It's about the heart. When you're talking about the Lord God, the Almighty, the Creator, the one that knows everything, you know, beyond any AI, you know, people, this is such a, a thing that people uh, talk about now, and it is a real deal. I mean, there's, you're just talking about data and computer programming to utilize that data, Um Data and uh, processing is not smarter than God. And, and you can't look to uh, systems, nor data, nor any kind of process to determine what you're supposed to do because there's always a failure rate with those things. We need to look at the Almighty who doesn't go by statistics. He knows. Those are two different things. Something could be 99.9% .9 likely to happen and not happen. It could be 99.9999999, etc. And if there's a chance it's not going to happen, it can still not happen. You ask God, He knows what's going to happen for sure. 
He already has seen the future. He doesn't dwell in time like we are, dwelling in time. So he is much more assured than any, you know, report that you're going to do or anything. What should I do in this situation? You see more and more as, you know, these things get stronger, people are going to rely on that stuff more and more. They already are. Data, statistics, what, are the, what does the data say? What should we do? Well, we, we should do this or we should do that. That's different than being led by the Spirit. How about, and not say you don't use those things, but you don't let it go above the Lord. Like everything, God gave us a brain, you know, to use, it, and He gave us uh, natural abilities, they're just not supposed to go above Him. So if He tells you to do something, doesn't matter what the stats say, doesn't matter what the data says, doesn't matter what the experts say, have the experts ever been wrong? Have you lived through the last several years? That's not the first time. It didn't just start happening. It's always been the case. You don't go by, you know, what your feelings say. You don't go by, by what you, you feel like you can accomplish. You go by what the Lord says, and He'll equip you to do that. It doesn't matter if there's a .0001 chance of it happening. If God said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Now, you need to hear from Him. That doesn't mean you shut your brain off and just go do stupid stuff. It means, yeah, the bigger the decision, the more you take time to wait on Him, the more you make sure it's settled in your heart. You don't go again against common wisdom unless the Lord or the Word of God is telling you to, but then you do. If God says it, that's what you do. It doesn't matter what else, you know, whatever, um, whatever else is said or whatever it looks like, God is going to equip you to do what He told you to do, always, because He's going to produce in you then every good thing that's pleasing to Him. In Colossians 1, 9, we read this as well. It says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, to ask uh, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is so rich. These, this, this thing right here, this type of, of uh, knowledge, this type of prayer is what we all need. If we have this, then a lot of other things are going to fall into place. Notice what it says. You know, I've told you, uh, we, we pray for you guys consistently uh, Scripture. We pray Scripture, and this is one of the Scriptures we pray uh, for you, for uh, ourselves, for people close to us. Uh, Colossians 1.9 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to what? Pray for you. Now, now what? To ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Okay, that, that's knowledge of His will in the Word. That means what Jesus has accomplished, who we are in Christ, of what His will is for us generally. But it's also will for us particularly to carry out His will, because then if we have the knowledge, if we know what He's wanting us to do, now it sets a course for us, and we're able to walk that out and to increase in that. It says, to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So you're understanding what the will of God is, you have an understanding about it, and you're able to walk it out 
Verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Walk worthy of Him because you're walking worthy, you're walking in faith, and you're doing what He would want you to do. Fully pleasing Him. Well, that means faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then you're walking in faith means you're believing Him, which means you're doing what He would want you to do. But it starts with knowing His will. You can't, if you don't know His will, you don't know what to do. Now, if you know His will, now you've got a choice to make. Are you going to do what He said or not? We're going to get into that. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So being fruitful, you're coming up, what you, you're being fruitful in what? He asked what He wants you to do, what His general will is for you, what His specific will is for you, being fruitful in... Um, you're being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You see, it's just progression. We're supposed to walk with God, just become more fruitful, just be, be uh, more and more like Him, increasing in the knowledge of God, doing what He would have us to do. You know, we are, this life isn't supposed to be just a struggle. It's supposed to be we're walking according to what He's told us to do. Yes, Father, yes, Father, yes, Father, I'll do that. And walking on through His Word, through His Spirit, and He's already got everything lined out for us. We just have to walk in that. So if we know His will, then we can walk in that. But there's a decision in there whether we're going to do what He said to do or not. That part isn't automatic. You know that you can know what God told you to do and decide you don't want to do that. Now, on the surface, that, I mean, no matter what, on the surface, that may seem easy, but also that, that, that looks like a stupid decision not to do what God asked you to do. You know, of course, if you're talking about somebody else's life, it's real easy to say, just do what God told you to do. Why would we, if we really believe God's good, that He's almighty, that He's all-knowing, that He has good things for us, that His way is the best, if we know what He wants us to do, who would ever decide to do something else? Keep your hands down. Don't get excited. Because all of us are challenged not to do what He told us to do. Even though if you, just, if you were just to say, if, if God, the Almighty, you could, you could tell, you know, anybody with the brain this, if there's an all-knowing, all-loving, all being merciful, He's your Father, He knows everything, knows the future, asks you to do something, should you do it or not? Anybody with the brain is going to go, well, of course. Now, they may not believe there's a God or whatever, but if you just cut out and say there is, and you just write this down, what's the right decision? Follow, follow Him, of course. We all know that. But then there's walking it out. There's knowing it, and then there's doing it. You're knowing what He asked you to do, so you want to, you can't skip that part, right? You can't assume. But if you know and you know the Word, and you start going, well, now you have a decision to make. And um, this is where we can get tripped up. Don't have to be. We don't have to be tripped up, but we're going to be tempted to get tripped up. And as we walk with the Lord... We have decisions to make every day whether we're going to continue on with what He asks us to do or not. 
It doesn't matter how long you've been walking with them, you can make the decision on any given day to stop. And I'm not saying you stop serving him completely and just go serve the devil and forget it all. I'm talking about you get to a place where he, you know the next thing. You know where he uh, wants you to go. You know what he's asking you to change. It talk, it, you know, the Bible said what we just read in Colossians, that we being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know God doesn't want us to stay stagnant. If you're going to work with God, you will not stay stagnant. It is not a boring life. It is not a, a mundane, you're going to do the same thing forever. No, God is going to continually bring us up. He, he is going to utilize us to the, the maximum point that we'll allow ourselves to be utilized, but it's not like the world does. You may look like you're going backwards to go forward with God. Because he's just going to, he's concerned with the long game. He's not, he's not concerned with some short, you know, uh, you, you may have been in organizations, businesses, whatever, uh, where uh, it, it, they, they, they sometimes, uh, depending on how the business is managed, we'll, we'll give up long-term goals for short-term goals. You know, see this with public companies, you know, well, we got to make the quarter look good. You know, there is a truth to that, but at the same time, if you jettison your long-term goals constantly to make the quarter look good, you're ending up eventually just nothing's going to work. Well, we as people will do that. <laughs> but the Lord, he, he is concerned with the long term, and so He's not really concerned with what you look like. He's concerned with results. And so if we're going to look to Him and uh, do what He's wanting us to do, then we're going to have to keep making decisions to go on with Him. So... It, it may, it's not that you just decide, well, I'm just forget, I'm not going to serve God. It may be that the next thing you don't really want to do, or he's asking you to lay something down and your flesh, you don't want to do that if you're honest. I'm honest. The person's honest. Well, then we've hit a place where We're not going on with him. Now, everything <clears throat> that he asks us to do, he will give us the strength to do it. You are not, you and I are not try, doing this life just to try to, it's not on our own. God said he'll tell you what to do, and you know what we read in, in our text. He's going to equip you with everything you need to do His will. I'll just read it. You don't have to put it up. That He may produce in you through the power of, of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing with Him. So He's taking hold with you and me. He's not saying, well, you get that done. We'll see if you can do it. He's saying He's telling you what to do. Now He's going to help you to do it. But if you decide, help you to do it. If you decide you're not doing it, He can't help you. He can't help me. You know, if I said, well, you, you come help me move this keyboard, well, that's assuming that I'm going to move the keyboard. <laughs> I mean, I could say, can you help me go, go with so-and-so and help because you're helping me, but you're helping. But if I'm literally talking about I'm going to be here, well, if I say help me, but you say uh, I'm not going to do it, or if I say 
you know, yeah, I'll help you, but then I decide I'm not going to do it. Well, you can't help me because I decided I'm not going to do it. If God asks you to do something, he will help you to do it, but we have to give him our will, which means we're going to have to trust him and we may have to put down other things, but he's always good. Luke 9, verse 23. This is Jesus speaking. You guys okay? Luke 9, verse 23 says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For, whatever, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. So verse 23 said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, religion has taken some of this, and we'll just touch on this just a moment. You know, when you have the, the phrase, take up his cross daily, people add all kinds of nonsense to that and say, well, you know, you're suffering sickness. That's your cross to bear. Take that up daily. That's not what this says, and that's not what the Bible teaches. You're not talking about suffering things that Jesus already suffered for us. This is talking about us putting down what we want to do, and we're going to see that. We'll look at other versions, and there's a lot of other verses. So it just that can become a religious term. I'm just bearing my cross. Well, what what do we mean by that? What are we we doing something? We taking the something that Jesus already redeemed us because that's stupid. If He redeemed us from it, we're taking it. We're actually opposed to His will. Now it's not what He's talking about. A lot of this this is dealing with what we decide to do and not do. So we're not talking about religion, okay? We're not talking about doing something out of religious obligation. <clears throat> God is not concerned. God, God hates religion. Somebody said, you know, I, I don't like religion. Well, God doesn't either. I don't like religion. Religion is man-made. Religion is a man-made way of relating to God. However, the Bible teaches us the truth and how to relate to God. God is not concerned with religious stuff and making and, and getting us to do stuff that's meaningless. You know, say something over and over and over. Jesus you know, spoke against vain repetitions like the heathen. You don't do something just to do it. Well, I check that box and I please God. If it's not what God actually asks us to do, God is not into wasting time. He is not into us doing something just to you know, quote-unquote, please Him, that's meaningless. God does not do that. Everything God does and asks us to do has a purpose, and it's to move His kingdom forward on the earth, which is about people, and as we're serving Him, we're going to be changed. Number one, He's concerned with us and our relationship with Him. It's not just about other people, because then other people, He's concerned with them and their relationship with Him. So it'd be silly to say, well, he's not concerned with us and our relationship with him just about getting people saved. Well, what do they do when they get saved? They have a relationship with him. So number one, he wants us to, yes, he wants us to come to know him and grow in that. That's his will for all people. 
And as we do that, it's all related. We are going to continue to grow if we'll let ourselves grow, which means submitting to Him. And so His will for our life is going to, it's a growth path. He wants us to continue to come up, but He is not into like, well, let's see, go do this and prove that you love me and just waste a bunch of time. That, that is not God. God will do things that it is moving things forward in your life, in the kingdom of God, and it's producing an end. It always, it per, now you may not see it. <laughs> you may think, well, I'm doing this over and over. What's going on? Trust Him. But He's not going to give you a task like say this 1,500 times a day and that's going to please, no, no, no. He's not going to just give you some waste time, but he'll ask you to do something and stay in it until he moves you on. Don't ever get ahead of him. If you get ahead of God, see, if you're a little bit slower, if you're following the Lord and you're a little bit slower, you can see him out in front of you. If you get out ahead of him, now you can't see him anymore. Don't ever get in a hurry. God's never in a hurry. People get in a hurry. God doesn't get... Why does He have to get in a hurry? He doesn't even live in time. He knows everything that's going to happen. If He needs to get you somewhere, He can start dealing with you five years earlier. Now, whether we do something or not is another thing. But if we feel like we're behind, it's still not going to do any good to get in a hurry. We need to recalibrate, go to God and say, okay, God, now, I, I believe I missed it somewhere. Now, where, what do you want me to do today? And still take the same approach. God's not in a hurry. Getting in a hurry. He that believes shall not make haste, the Bible says. You, you don't, God does not press you and push you. Satan does that. The Holy Spirit doesn't push you to do stuff or try to control you. Demons do that. They try to take hold of somebody and make, God, you, if you ever feel like God's just making me do this, He's not making you. He'll, he'll lead you. He'll gently nudge you, but the decision is yours. The decision is mine. But we, have a, we do have a decision to make. He not, he's not going to do everything for us, but He will help us as we decide to do what He's called us to do. So verse 23 says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross daily and follow me. In the Amplified Classic, it says, And he said to all, if any person wills to come after me, we're talking about doing his will. That's what our series is called. We're talking about going after him. This is a part of it. See, our flesh doesn't like this. But this is part of it. But don't make this a religious thing as we're going through it. Don't make it a condemnation thing. Don't make it a pressure thing. Make it, this is God's out in front of me and He's good and whatever He asks me to do is good. So am I going to decide to follow Him? Because you do have an enemy that will try to paint God's will in a bad light to get you to avoid doing it and actually get you into Satan's, His, Satan's plan for your life. Because he lies about God, tries to say, well, now you don't want to do that. That's going to be too hard. Just stop and think about it logically. If God's good and he's asking you to do something, no matter what it feels like, it's the right thing. And we got to take ourselves out of the feeling realm and out of definitely what Satan would try to push on us. 
Because that's what he does all the time. Oh, you don't want to be a Christian. I mean, that's boring. Tells, tells the world this. You're going to have to give up all fun. That is not true. You can have way more fun as a Christian. You just don't have all the negative consequences of making stupid decisions that aren't godly. Oh, there's no denying certain things feel good to the flesh for a while in the world. Nobody's denying that. It'll feel good for your, to your flesh for a night. What are you going to do? You got to deal with the consequences tomorrow and maybe the rest of your life. See, God's decisions don't have that. We do it God's way. We can have fun. We can have fun tomorrow and the next day. And there's no gotcha. There's no way well, you're going to deal with this the rest of your life now. Because decisions have consequences. You can have a night of quote-unquote fun, and you deal with that for the rest of your life, and it changes your life and the people around you for, for the rest of your time on the earth. It's not so fun. So if we really believe God's good, then whether it feels our flesh might go, no, this ain't fun. Oh, it's fun. In the long term. I mean, we know this in the natural I mean, you can, you, you pick your thing, exercising, not eating the right thing. It's not fun. Anybody said, well, that's fun. Um, you know, denying your flesh is not fun. You can get to where your flesh will do what you tell you it to do, but it's not fun. I mean, you discipline it. You can get to where you like the results more than you uh, despise the pain. That's the way it is with God. If we believe where he's taking me is right, and he says, lay this down, or he says, make this decision, then if I truly believe who he is and he's right, then I'm going to make that decision. Nobody said it was fun, though, or easy, but he'll help us to do it. So take the religion out of it. Well, I know I should be doing this. Take all that garbage out. Do you realize Satan will use that to keep us right where we are? Well, I can't handle, I just can't handle anymore. Just don't tell me what I have to do. Number one, I'm not telling you. We're going over the Word, and we're not using the Word to beat us over the head. We're showing, a, we're looking at the Word so it can propel us forward and maybe unmask things that are holding us back because Satan will lie to us to keep us in the same place saying, well, if you do this for God or you make this decision, it's not going to work well when actually he knows the exact opposite is true, and he'll use condemnation of our past failures to try to heap it up on us so that we don't even try because I'll fail. No, we won't fail if we look to God because he'll help us. We go back. No, no. He said he would help me. And what are we doing? We're going to him, asking us what the next step is, asking or asking him what the next step is, seeing in the word. He'll prompt us, Lord, how, what do you want me to do? And then when we know that, and how do you know that? Still small voice, not, not, not a literal audio, audible voice, but the, the leading of the Holy Spirit prompting on the inside warm fuzzy on the inside, bears witness with the word. You know you're supposed to do this. Well, now you know the help is in that direction. You know if that's what he's leading you to do. You know it's in the will of God. You know it's in the direction. Now what's the step, God? Don't assume it's somebody else's step. Don't assume it's what this book said. What are you leading me to do? Because that's where the help is. God will show you how to do this and this and this and move you forward. There's a path forward. You, yeah, we're going to have to put our flesh down. We may have, but God will help us. But don't try to take 18 steps at once. That can just lead you, keep you in the same place because you keep trying to take those 18 steps over and over. Well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. That's not in the Bible. Did you hear me? 
That's not a phrase. That's not a scripture. Anything's worth doing is worth doing right. That is not a scripture. Some of you guys are thinking, are we saying you shouldn't do things in excellence? Are you saying you shouldn't do the best you can? You can't do everything on the planet in excellence. You can't, you don't have that much time. What things are you going to do that really matters? And what things are you going to do that that's good enough? Let's move on. The other thing can lead to perfectionism, which you think anything you touch has to be done as well as anybody that spends all their time on it, and that will immobilize you. Will not go anywhere because anything you touch, it's got to be the best ever. That's pride. It's pride. It's perfectionism. It's, it's not, did God ask you to do that? And when is good enough good enough? Yes, we're certain. Well, it ought to be the best. What's the best? Because your best is not necessarily the best on the planet. My best isn't the quote. If you just want to get, you know, just metrics, it's about your heart and what God asked you to do, where you're at with doing everything else that He's asked you to do in your life. You know, some, some people are comparing themselves in some area, thinking they got to do it the quote-unquote best, and they're, they're comparing to themselves to a professional that does it their whole week. And if you think you're going to do, or I think I'm going to do, the same thing that people that devote their lives to every area, and we're going to do all of our lives like that, we are fools. God is asking each of us to do something in our lives that we want to do to the best of our ability, where we're at with what we have in His plan. You can do something different with a million-dollar budget than you can a hundred-dollar budget, but you can still be excellent in either way. First question is, do you need whatever you think you're going to spend the money on or are you going to spend the time on? We talked about that last week. <laughs> So if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That's the New King James we read in the Amplified, started to read it. And he said to all, if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself. Can you put up Luke 9, 23 in the Amplified Classic? If any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests, refuse and give up himself, and take up his cross daily and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and, if need be, dying also. I mean, Amplify, that's just, it's saying everything, but that's not actually what, the verse doesn't add the dying part, but if you're dedicated to the Lord, you're going to do whatever. But I'm just saying, that's not, that's not the Scripture, but the rest of it is just uh, expounding on it. If any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interest, refuse and give up himself. That's what deny himself, expound it. That's what we're talking about. In other words, you see how many times it's saying himself, only disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself, 
and his own interests refuse and give up himself. If we're going to follow God, then we have to do something with our self, which is basically like push it down. Now, this, isn't, this is not meaning we're supposed to live like a worm. This does not mean that we don't have anything nice. See, it's easier sometimes. It would be easier for you to do some of those things that look externally like you're really following God when He asks you to do something else, and that's what you don't want to do. So it's easier to substitute, well, I'll do without this, I'll do without this, do without such and such. It looks really holy, and the whole time you're in rebellion because you don't want to do what He called you to do. See, religion does that. The, the Pharisees did that, right? They, they were looking all good on the outside. We do this and this and this. And then they look down on the people that, that they aren't doing that. But in their hearts, they are rebellious against God and they despise true uh, godliness. They're not nice to people, but they look good. Well, by the same token, it looks like well, we're putting down all this. We're just giving all this. And in the, in the heart, that person is supposed to be doing something else, but it's easier to give up something because they don't really care about that than to actually put their flesh down and change something that they know they're supposed to change. Or me. And we're not pointing fingers at anybody else. This is talking to all of us. It is easier to do something that looks holy than actually do what God wants you to do and is actually asking you to change. We won't turn there, but the rich young ruler, he came and said, whatever you want me, uh, you know, all these things I've kept, what, what do you want me to do next? And Jesus put his finger on the one thing that was holding back and said, you know, sell your stuff and give it away. And he's like, mm, can't do that. Not doing that. It may, it's different for wherever. Some people had no, no, in fact, you got to get them not to give all their stuff away. It, it, that is not a problem, but this other thing is a problem for them. You know, God will show us what's holding us back, and he'll, he'll put his finger on that. Now, he's not mean about it. He'll nudge us. He'll, he'll show us, but it'll be out in front of us, and then we have a decision. Now, we've already established if God's good, if he's, the, if he's truly a good father, and he's a good God, and he knows everything, and it's the best thing, if he's truly prompting us and through his word showing us to do something, it is the best thing. But now we bring it home to where mm, I got to change something. And or I got to decide I'm going to do something and it's something that we don't want to do with our flesh or we feel like we're incapable of doing or, you know, there's a, a fear that we have to confront or something. And to get to the other side of that, we're going to have to trust the Lord. In the, in the Living Bible, uh, Luke 9.23 says, Then he said to anyone who wants to follow me must put aside his own desires and conveniences put aside his own desires and conveniences, just saying, whatever, whatever you desire, we have to put that aside. I mean, whatever I desire, I got to put that aside. Do what he desires, which is contrary to what we have a diet of in the world, if we pay attention to the world. The world is not telling us this. The world is telling you do what is good for you, Right? Might not be good for somebody else, but what, what do you, what makes you happy? What do you want to do in life? Do that. That'll make you really happy. We see, you know, movies or read something, and just find the thing that really just 
makes you happy and find some way to do it with and then you'll be happy. The Bible doesn't teach that. The whole thing we've been talking about is well, who are you going to serve? You're going to serve Him. You're going to do what He wants you to do. You're going to find somebody, if you're going to marry somebody, you need to find somebody that you're going to, number one thing, they have to be, you have to be able to fulfill the plan of God for your life with them in your life better than without, and same for them. That's how you know you're equally yoked. If you're with them and it, you can't fulfill the plan of God that He has for your life better together than without, then it's the wrong person. Period. And there's more than one person that you could be connected with. There's not just one person ever. It's just, can you fulfill the plan of God for your life with this person? If God says you can, you're good, and the rest is up to you. You realize we have a decision to make. You know, some, as far as how they look and whatever, that's personal preference. Do you like them? Because it's your decision. You want to live with them? personality, everything. The, the real crux of the matter as a Christian is, can you fulfill the plan of God with them? Because if the answer is no there, everything else is off. Doesn't matter. It's not who oh, they look and they fulfill my checklist and they have black hair or they have blonde hair or they have this skin color. None of that matters. It does not matter. That's all superficial. Who are they? on the inside, and can you get to where the Lord would have you get? And if He says yet, He knows all time, He, know, he can see through time, because He's already there, and says, you can fulfill it. Go ahead. Question is, do you like them? I remember specifically when I was dating Shelly, um, you know, and, and we did our best to seek God through that, and I came to the point, the point where I believe she's fine. I, can, I, I have a clearance to marry her, and it was uh, to this effect, do you like her? She, she's fine. You can fulfill the plan of God for your life. Do you like her and want to move forward with her, or do you want to wait for the next one that you could fulfill God's plan for your life? Or are you ready to see door number one, or you know what I see at door number one? Do you want her, or do you want to wait for door number two? You don't know. Or are you willing to say, nope, I can fulfill the plan of God with her life, and then, you know what? It's up to you. God is not going to force you to do anything. And I made the decision, I'll take door number one, what I, I've already seen. I, I'm good. I can fulfill, and I remember specifically, you know, we were talking in our, in our pastor's house, and we were down there, you know, they had... God, we were talking in the living room there, and I was like, I didn't propose to her then, but we were talking, you know, because we had been talking about stuff, and it was like, if it's just you and me, stay in the world. I can see us going forward. So we have to decide what the will of God is. That's the thing. It's not all these other things that, what well, makes you happy? You can marry somebody, but by all accounts, the world says, wow, that's a real catch, and your life be hell in two years. Because you have a desire to go on with God, and they don't, and you're hitched. So no, it's not about what makes us happy. It's about what makes the Lord happy. And in the course of time, if we'll do what makes Him happy, yes, 
joy is there. It's not that he wants us miserable. He's a good father. We talked about that from the beginning. So if we believe that, we have to act on it. But we will have pressure from the world telling us stuff, the, the, you know, our flesh telling us stuff, you know, short-sighted goals telling us stuff that are trying to get us to not do, convince us that what he wants us to do is not the right thing. And religion does not help. People have different uh, degrees of programming with religion that will tell you if you serve God, it's not going to be good. It's going to be boring and dry and, oh, if you give everything to God, he's going to send you halfway across the world to be a missionary somewhere where you don't want to be. If you give it all, you have to sell everything and live like a pauper. That is not in the Bible. God doesn't treat his children like that. Does that mean you're, gonna, you, you know, you're not going to have to put stuff down? No, you're going to have to put stuff down. Your flesh. But the end is good. That's what Jesus is saying. In the CEB, it says, Luke, in Luke 9.23, the CEB, Jesus said to everyone, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves. Again, this is, see, people see that if in the religion. They would say, yeah, see, what it means is bow of poverty and you can't do anything fun because it's just about all God. You, would, you won't be effective to anybody like that. No, that might be easier that, to some people than just committing to God and saying, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And he's like, go do this. I don't feel like I can do that. I said, you can't do that. <clears throat> well, I'd rather take the vow of poverty. That's what happens. People on the inside, it looks like they're serving. Oh, wow, you sold everything. Yeah, I sold everything because I don't want to do this. It looks holy, but it's actually rebellion. Well, that may be an extreme example, but that's the way it is. And so if we'll just be like, Lord, the best of my ability, okay, you said, all right. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> See, this is not a Hallmark movie. You're like, do whatever makes you happy. I like Hallmark movies. Seriously, we, we watched, I mean, this is a whole lot of junk out there. So we found, don't mind watching a Hallmark movie. But Hallmark movie is not the Bible. <laughs> so you got two people that, yeah, we're doing this, I'm doing this, and this, everyone's doing this, and we're great. And if we go, we're going to be such a great team, and we'll do this, and we'll be live happily ever after. It's not, there, there's no Jesus in there. You're not going to be happily ever after. You know, it looks great until, you know, you got to actually be married. They don't show that part. Well, sometimes they do. I don't know. Those aren't as fun to watch. So, But no, we, we are going to, if we're going to follow him, we, it says we, we're going to have to say no to our own desires. And so wherever we are, we're going to have to trust God and then just tr- you know, trust Him to find out what we're supposed to do and then trust Him to walk it out. And we may be like, I don't want to do that. There's no joy and happiness at this place. But you're like, God, nevertheless, that's your will. I remember when I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, and this was after Shelly had come. You know, she did her music workshop. Well, part of the out, outcome of that music workshop was, see, I was the music minister, but I wasn't leading the singing. I was, play, I was selecting the songs and doing that, but we had other people leading, and I was overseeing the stuff. And when she came, some of that, you know, we talked to the pastors and whatever, and she was like, he's supposed to be leading, like singing. And I had sung in different things growing up, but, you know, I wasn't trained vocally and had no desire to get up in front of people and lead worship. Yeah. 
None. This was not something, well, I really want to be the front. No, I don't. I do not want to sing. And the pastor was like, I, you know, I agree. I know it. He said, I've known it. I know that's what's supposed to happen, but part of it was me. Part of it was like, okay, yeah, and he goes, all right, we're going to start going in that direction. You can start on Wednesday. You can sing on Wednesday if you want. This was on a Sunday. You can sing Wednesday. And I was going on a business trip that next day. I think Monday I was going to Chicago. We drove to Chicago or whatever, or I think I flew and then had to fly back. And I knew I was going to be singing that Wednesday night from the piano. We had a grand piano, and I'm going to sing. I don't think I had any background singers or anything. It's just me going to sing. And I did not want to do that. This was not like, ooh, I get to sing. Hey, here we go. No. <laughs> I did not want to. Some people were like, oh, yeah. Let, there's other people that were chomping at the bit. Just let me lead. The Lord will let me. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Kidding me? So I get up there, you know, and the, here's the stage. Just like, you know, stage was here with you, and the grand piano goes this way, and I got the mic here, here, and I'm looking, and I'm just start and just greet the people and stuff, and I am just not wanting to start the service. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, like, it wasn't a long time or anything. I'm just like, you know, I'm thinking, and I just worship God, and then I start singing and got through that. And, I, and then I kept doing it. You know, on Wednesday nights, I kept singing. And uh, I wasn't saying I couldn't sing. I could sing, but it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. And I had, a, you know, if I was going to develop my voice, it needed to be developed. And, uh, but I kept doing that. And then the fall, pastor said, all right, now Jim's going to be leading on Sundays. That didn't go over too well. <laughs> Tried to walk through that. So now these people that I used to sing, they're, they're singing back up for me. And I'm leading. I did not want to do that, guys. But I learned how to be led by the Holy Spirit a lot doing it. I had to pick all the songs. I had to be led in the service. What's the pastor doing? You know, when do I come up at the end? How do I turn the service over? And I had to deal with the people. And I had to lead. You know, I had music meetings with these people and had to, to go over and, and, and uh, lead that whole thing. And then Shelly, Shelly, you know, we got married. And, you know, she's been singing. She has a degree in music education and major in vocal and she used to give voice lessons and she's singing on stage in front of thousands of people and she came in the pastor didn't go oh well we got you you know jim you're out she's in no he he brought her in and she didn't, didn't even put her up on stage for a while and then when he did she was singing back up for me <laughs> i was the leader and i led from the piano and played and she was one of the vocalists the whole time we were there and over that time, I learned how to be led by the Spirit in these things and got sensitive even more so. And God had a purpose in me doing that and bringing it forward, but I did not want to do it. I was doing it as unto God. And then we did stuff at Rama, and then we went on. But I'm just using that as an example. The next step for what God has for you may not be something that you jump up and down and do, but if you trust Him, you're going to do it. He said, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves. 
So don't disqualify yourself from this by making this a religious thing and making it something we'll just can't do that and go another direction and spin for another three years because Satan convinces you that you just can't do this or that it's too much. And instead, know that God's good, get quiet with Him, look at the Word, be led by your spirit, and be honest with yourself and go forward and say, now, Lord, what would you have me to do next? Know he's good and take the step and he'll help you. You want to say something? Well, that's rare. Come on. I mean, in the middle of a sermon, Shelly said, can I say something? <laughs> yes, you can. Go ahead. Well, I just thought this might help on the other side of things, you know. So he's talking about how he didn't want to do something. And so on, I'm coming. I've just been traveling with Brother Hagen. I've been singing all the time on stage and um, I'm coming to Nebraska and it's uh, a startup church. They just pioneered the church so it wasn't real big and um, you know and and Jim's going to be leading the worship and so I'm coming in and you know this is something I've trained my whole life for is music and all that and I'm I'm not the one leading it. I'm taking the back seat and there were so many lessons that I learned in doing that. And so sometimes there's things that, you know, you may be qualified to do, but you're not in that position to do. And that is just as much the will of God as, um, you know, maybe leading something or doing it. Because I learned so much through that. I learned, number one, to um, submit to my husband at that point, uh, you know, to take his leadership and allow him to um, direct certain things and, you know, things that I was qualified in. And for a little while, I was giving him voice lessons. And that was Whoa. interesting. <laughs> Talk about that. She gave me voice lessons. We've been in our basement doing that. Oh, man. They, we'd have voice lessons for a little bit, and, and then we'd go up and get an argument, and that was it. I just I mean, it. on just both sides, real. it was, I mean, yeah, we're just being real. I mean, there was, it was a five-minute voice lesson to be like, that was it for today. And we went around, but she had a lot to say. It's just not easy to take. And so I'm just saying there are things that, you know, even though, you know, it some for some people, their desire is limelight. And you may be in a season where you're not in that limelight, but there's many things that you're growing. One of the things that you learn over the years is putting down your pride. And there's many times that you, your desire for the limelight is basically your desire to be seen, to be heard, to have the praises of men. And that is something that if you are getting that, then that means you're not pointing it to God. And so there was a lot, it's a very humbling time in your life. And sometimes those of, that have that outgoing personality, you know, for those that are, um, you know, maybe more introvert, it's it's humbling for you to have to get up in front of people. Yep. And then for those of you that are the outgoing, it's humbling for you not to be out there. And so, as, yes. you know, we're walking through these different things, whatever season it is, even if it's hard on your flesh, I have to say that in the end, it is so much better 
because you've grown through it and you are truly in a place where, I mean, we're going to just keep growing. We're going to keep going and on with him. But you do learn how to shed off some of those layers of the onion, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the stinky stuff, you know, just getting rid of some things that in turn will actually be holding you back. And, mm. and it's, it doesn't feel good. Yep. Like he said, you know, sometimes it feels really awful and you don't want to go through that season. But I have to say, you don't have the morning after sickness. You actually, you know, like you would, like giving into your flesh maybe on a Saturday night and you don't feel like going to church Sunday morning because you had a little too much to drink. Well, this is not like that. You don't feel like going through something, but you are so much further because you said yes to him. Mm -hmm. That's good. And you know what she, what she said there and brought out is like what looks like would be easy for you like to put down or f it may be very difficult for somebody else and vice versa. So people will look and go, well, that'd be easy. I'll go do that because you think you want to do it, but God is asking you to do something else. You know, people do this with ministry. They're like, well, I'll go over there and do that. That looks easy, you know, and then they're thinking, I would like to do what you're doing or so. And what there is no easy thing. Whatever God asks you to do, you're going to grow through it. You are going, it, it is, you know, like she said, somebody, you, you may think somebody's being humble, being behind the scenes. Well, I just am behind the scenes when God's prompting them to be up in front, like <laughs> what I was doing. And see, they're being, if they're being behind the scenes and God is prompt. Now, they may be behind the scenes and that's what they're supposed to be doing, but there may be a point where something's supposed to be out in front. And for them, it's harder to do that. And it may look like they're being humble, uh, not being up in front, but actually they're in rebellion and vice versa. You know, somebody, it may be like, oh, well, you just are up in front and that's okay, when actually God's asking them to do something that they need to go behind the scenes and that's hard for them. So we don't look at somebody else. We just have to go to God and, and, and follow Him. And He knows better than we do. And if we believe that, then we'll take steps and He'll help us. But this will never... Uh, this is just the case. As we're going to walk with God, you're not going to get to the place where it's like, well, I just, I just love everything I'm doing. No, you're, if you're going to grow, you're going to have to continually say yes to Him. And that will determine where we go. He's faithful. It's His will that He'll help us to do.